Welcome to the Tim's Take Podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And when the baby sleeps, we podcast. Even though maybe today we really wish we were sleeping and it's not clear if Oliver is about to wake up or not. Here we go, though. We'll see how far we get. We'll see how far we get. Rachel, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. Yeah. Week two. Week two. Whoa. It's been a week, folks. <laughs> We're going to talk more about it, I'm sure. We've been hit on all sides. But, you know, here we go. It's good when we're both a little bit tired, as you can probably hear in our voices. We were going to have coffees, but we're now racing the end of a nap and really racing it. But it's good when we're both a little tired to really probably lean on our structure. So should we just dive in? Yeah, let's dive in. All right. Lows, highs, and of course, each of us bringing a take that we call the Tim's Take. Since we are the Timses, I don't think we actually said that in our first episode or in our trailer, maybe. Yeah, that's our last name. That's our last so name. So it makes sense now. So for all the strangers listening, of which there are none, that's what's going on. Are we doing highs or lows first? Oh, let's do the lows again first. It's okay. better to just get it out of our system. <laughs> but I think you should go first this week. Oh, man. <laughs> let's be real. There were a lot of lows. <laughs> As it's been... It's been a week. I'll talk more about that. But, you know, you have to pick one. And so what I'm going to pick the one that I call the night of taunting. And <laughs> Rachel knows the evening I'm talking about. Oliver had been doing great. He'd been sleeping really well. We were feeling pretty awesome as parents, to be honest. Yeah. You know, it's tough. And yeah, sure, you're sleeping in shifts. But when my Fitbit says we got over six hours, I'm like, wow, are we kind of crushing this? I was are pleasantly we? surprised. Well... It was too good to be true. All good things must come to All an good end. Things must come to an end. And he had one night where I typically will bounce him on the yoga ball after he's fed to calm him down before putting him down in the bassinet, and then so he's kind of asleep. And so I do that, and he was he was just more awake than usual. So it took some time to get him down. I put him down in the bassinet, and just instantly he poops. And an audible poop. And yeah, audibly. I, he wasn't naked in the bassinet. And I just think, what kind of parent am I? Now, fortunately, this doesn't go where you think it might be that it was a low where I ignored him. No, I took him and changed him. But of course, now he's wide awake again. So then I go and I start bouncing him on the yoga ball again to calm him, soothe him. It should be noted that this particular night, we did not have his favorite swaddle oh, at the ready. Yes. So that set us off already on a bad trajectory. I yeah. now understand why parents would drive hours to go get their child's favorite thing, which my parents did when I was little. I had a blanket that I loved, still love, and we left it at a hotel, and my parents drove an hour back to the hotel to get the blanket. And I've always thought that was pretty extreme. <laughs> now I understand. And here's the crazy thing. He doesn't even like that swaddle. It's just an effective swaddle. It just works. In fact, usually he screams as we're swaddling him. But anyway, so things were already more difficult. So then I'm soothing him again and I put him down. He seems to be asleep. Literally two seconds. And I'm using literally in the literal way. Two seconds after I put him down, he starts hiccuping. Hiccups don't really bother him, but he, he's not going to fall asleep. It keeps him awake. While he's hiccuping. I, I started going out of my mind a little bit. Maybe more than a little bit. I don't even remember what happened from there. I think we started trying different swaddles. At one time, he poops. It's like a mini blowout on the swaddle that he hates. It's adding insult to injury. 
dad here you're not going to give me the most effective swaddle i'm just going to show you how ineffective this thing is in the meantime as a parent you know one of the more demoralizing parts is rachel really starts rising to the occasion as i get more and more frustrated that and more and more irritated. Two power, huh? rachel really starts going into a different kind of mom mode just singing to him and soothing him which just makes me angrier and angrier it was a rough night that was my low. Why does it make you angrier? You should clarify that. Well, just because I'm emotionally immature is part of the answer. It's not angry at Oliver because he can't control his hiccups or when he poops or anything like that. I recognize that. It's a combination of multiple things. One is you're tired, so then it's frustrating that I can't give you the support and sleep you need. Another is that I'm tired, so I want to sleep. And then the third is you do all these things and you feel like you're doing them all right. And so to be taunted at every turn, to have them pile up one after another, it was an overwhelmingly frustrating experience. But thanks for asking me to clarify. Yeah, not actually angry at our child. Or me. Or you. Well, I was irritated. I wasn't irritated by you. I was irritated at myself that I wasn't capable of having this gracious sing-song response that you had. Don't worry, that changed in the next 24 hours. you gotta go, because that was way too long of a low for me. (laughs) My low, which, yeah, it feels hard to admit, I think has been breastfeeding Mm. little Oliver. I have been able to, and he's been gaining weight, which is its own miracle. That is a gift, and I recognize that. But it has been quite a challenge, and at points, quite painful, to keep feeding him and so the resilience it takes to keep going I think is hard and sometimes dwindling. So this past week we went and saw a lactation consultant because you get assistance in the hospital which is great but at that point you are still recovering yourself and you have never fed a baby before and so all the information they're giving you is 20 steps ahead of where you are at. Yeah. So now that we kind of had gotten the hang of things, I can feed him when he needs to be fed. It felt wise, at least in our situation, and we're privileged enough to have the resources to seek out help. So I met with a lactation consultant, and turns out Oliver's biggest issue is that he's a tense baby. (laughs) (laughs) We think anyway. Is what the lactation consultant told us, which... I mean, I don't know if I would classify Matt and I as tense people, but we might sometimes be categorized as uptight people. (laughs) (laughs) So this seemed fitting that our child out of womb within two weeks was classified as having issues of tenseness. Yeah. And it's not that he's sort of emotionally uptight, right? That's impacting his body. It is related probably to his birth experience, vacuum assisted birth at the very end, going on the CPAP, which we talked about, I think in the last episode. And some of that has probably led to some Literal muscle tightness, jaw tightness. Which has caused issues with breastfeeding. So our next step is we are going to basically get some intense infant massage for (laughs) Oliver in hopes that some of his muscles learn to relax. Listeners, did you know this was a thing? I I had no idea. But apparently this is a very common next step when there's any pain or challenges breastfeeding is to take the baby to get body work done. Yep. Yep. Who knew? I did not. His body is about the size of my hand. But But apparently he already needs to relax. (laughs) So we often quote our good friend Sam Gutierrez, who has always told Matt 
have you heard of relaxing whenever he gets a little uptight? And so now we've taken that phrase and used it continuously with Oliver. It does not have the same effect on Oliver that it has on me. Unfortunately Unfortunately not. So yeah, so it's been a challenge. That's been a hard thing of this past week is the patience to wait for those appointments and figure things out. Grateful that we have the support available, but it's a hard, hard season. Yeah. Right. I, I love here, you know, this may be a great point to just drop in. We're not competing in any, I've heard maybe it was any of downs talk about competing in the hardship Olympics. Mm -hmm. We're not here to say our life is harder than anyone else's. In fact, we are gifted in so many ways and privileged in so many ways. But we are going to share, this was hard for us this week. So we're not trying to hold ourselves up by comparison at all. Uh, But it's worth noting sometimes that things are just hard. Actually, that's part of my take later, but we'll get into that. Okay. Let's do highs first. Let's do highs. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, great. Okay. My high was, well, we are very limited in who we are seeing in person right now, which is actually just my parents and... Rachel's parents come in from Ohio tomorrow and that's it for now that we're allowing to be in person with Oliver. Yep. We've seen some other people through glass windows and some things like that, but just out of extra precaution and it was the recommendation of the pediatrician. So we're very limited, but we did go over to my parents on the 4th of July, not really for the 4th of July. Who knows what days are anymore. Every day is the same. But we went over and we hung out for, I don't know, four hours or so, mm-hmm. which meant changing him there and feeding him there. And yeah, we packed like we were going on an international trip to Europe for three months. <laughs> I seriously think more bags than when we went to Australia <laughs> last year. <laughs> but just to be out of our space, to be somewhere else and to pull it off and not have him melt down or anything like that. It just was amazing. Like, it felt like a huge achievement. Yeah. A huge non-achievement achievement. <laughs> So that was my high, just that. And also I just was amazed at how helpful it is to have extra hands to hold him. And so Nana and Pop's doing a great job. And we have Grammy and Grandpa coming this week to just shuttle that kid around the room. It's great. He loves it. We love it. Yeah. Win, win, win. Win, win, win. That was my high. That was a great high. That was probably one of mine too. Other high is also related to breastfeeding, which is kind of ironic. I have no idea where this is going. (laughs) So we have this device called the Haka and you can put it on one breast while you're feeding off the other one and it catches any extra milk basically. And so we used it for the first time this last week to try to experiment with it. And at the beginning, Oliver was losing a little bit of weight because he had been in the NICU. He was on, on formula, but Yeah, very on track to be normal, but the pediatrician still had us follow up with them. So we were a little concerned about his weight in the beginning. And so we tried the Haka this week and there was just so much milk in it, (laughs) at least to me, because when you're feeding a baby, you don't actually see the milk that they're getting. So sometimes I was sitting there wondering, is he actually getting anything? And we don't have a scale at home that we're weighing him on every day. And the next time we see the pediatrician is... Now in a week, but it's a two-week visit. And so there's a long gap between. And so to see milk in this, like, clear silicone container that was coming out of my body was just amazing and very exciting to realize that despite the difficulties of breastfeeding that we're experiencing, yeah, my body is producing milk and that 
really is an incredible gift and it is feeding him. He's getting these little baby rolls and there was milk and that just felt like a visual confirmation and boost to keep going a little bit. Yeah, that was huge. I think for both of us, it was just exciting. It was a cheerleading moment, you know, to say, hey, look what you're doing. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good high. So all things can be intertwined as we're finding. Oh, yeah. It all goes together, right? There's not one without the other. Yeah. Should I move on to some takes? Yeah. Why don't you lead us off with a take? Okay. My take is a general life take, but highlighted in this moment is expectations and how critical they are to your experience. I feel like I had a lot of time to process some expectations before we had a baby. And obviously you can never fully anticipate how you're going to react in the situation because, you know, there's a million factors that are going to play into the reality that you experience. But I don't think I realized until this week, my expectation that things would be more enjoyable in terms of him engaging with us. Oh, yeah. So I think I actually, overall, things have been easier than I expected. Hmm. So it's not necessarily that things have been harder than I expect. I was expecting there would be these two weeks that we would be sleeping two hours a night and just be zombies of ourselves and our house would be a hurricane of disaster and... So in that sense, I feel like we're doing pretty well. That has been easier. What has been harder is that he's a baby and his primary activities right now are sleeping and eating. And I want to engage with him. And those two activities are hard to engage with another human being in. And especially with feeding being challenging at this point, it's even harder. But I'm finding myself struggling to enjoy him without him giving much back at this point. And that's because of your expectations. Yeah, because I think my expectations were that there would be moments of, oh, he's smiling at me, which I know in my head babies don't do for a while still. But I don't think I realized that he just wouldn't give a lot back right now. And I know that will change and people are reminding me and encouraging me that that will change. Mm -hmm. But in the interim... I feel like just everything we try, he's just kind of neutral about, or he really doesn't like. (laughs) But there's not much he's doing that you can identify as a positive response right now. His positive response is he's not crying, which is not the same for me to process as he's smiling or he's laughing or he's happy. So I think some expectation clarification in adjusting those things. That's my take is that it's always good to name those things and name the changes as they happen. Yeah. Right. Unmet expectations become resentments really quickly as we've even maybe experienced. It's super interesting to me that you say this has been easier than you thought. Cause my take is early parenting is really hard. And I feel like that often gets alighted or skipped over because When you are interacting with new parents, typically when we are engaging with people, we engage later or we're just dropping off a meal and we see people briefly or whatever the case might be. And we have limited interaction. So then we say, I don't know, six weeks in or a couple months in or a few months in, once they are interacting and there's some of these things, oh, how was it early on? 
and they say, oh, it was hard, but it's really fun too. Or people would say to us, oh, it's, it's tough, it's hard, but it's so worth it. And those buts always move you so quickly, at least for me, tend to move me so quickly to the joys and the ease and the parts that make it all seem worth it. But there's so much in that it's hard. And there's things that we knew to expect. Speaking about expectations, we were expecting a little sleep. We were expecting to kind of be on beck and call and trying to take advantage of naps and all these things. But one thing that I don't think gets talked about a lot is the emotional toll. So if someone asks us in a couple months, <laughs> you know, how is it? And I was to say, oh, it was really hard early on. That doesn't just mean I got little sleep. It means at midnight, Rachel and I were up crying because he wasn't willing to, to go sleep. to sleep and he was just bawling and we couldn't work out what was going on. And it's multiple conversations about what is happening. Can we do this? You know, just the, the depths of the hardship and this brand new thing that you're doing. That to me feels like it doesn't get talked about. And I think that's a shame because in those moments you often feel isolated and alone. And again, because of expectations, it's a real challenge. But then you start scratching the surface, right? You share these stories and you start scratching the surface and you realize it's super common and we're all kind of going through it together. So my take is maybe, you know, when we're interacting with people, I hope that we can not necessarily paint a picture that's glass half empty, because I don't think that's been our experience at all. But also be honest for people who would benefit from that kind of honesty and tell a true story and not just a story that's shaped by the moments of joy, which are many, but also recognizes the moments of pain. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what I meant by easier than I expected there, the things that I thought would be harder are easier and the things that I thought would be easier have been right. harder. Yeah, that's well it's said. It's kind of just the upside down. The expectation flip-flop. And yeah, it's hard. It's hard to articulate with honesty this season, knowing that things will change. I mean, similar experience in my pregnancy. My first trimester, I was super sick and I was mm -hmm. miserable. But by the time you see people, usually you're feeling better mm -hmm. and people would be like, oh, how are you doing? And you're like, oh, it's it's fine. I'm good. <laughs> it was hard, but it, I'm good now. Yeah. But in the midst of it, yeah, you felt really lonely because you didn't know that other people have or are experiencing those things as well. So it's hard to capture. Hopefully this podcast does a little <laughs> bit of that. That's why we're doing it. And then when we get to the moments of joy, you're kind of just depositing a lot of yourself right now in expectation and in hope that, you know, those things change as mm -hmm. he changes. And there are moments of joy. We don't mean to say that there aren't any, but the expectations are different. And overall, if we're being honest, this week has been a week. It's been a week. I had a take and I had lows very quickly. I had to sit down and think about a high. Yeah, I it's, did too. It's just been, week, you know, week two for whatever reason. Maybe it's a growth spurt. Maybe it's just that we have a really intense, uptight baby, whatever the case might be. Well, friends, that's where we are. It was a tough week. And we're grateful that you're here journeying alongside us with us in your headphones or on your smart speakers or in your car, wherever we might be with you. We're really grateful. Of course, we always welcome comments, feedback, and emails saying, yeah, me too. Uh, whatever it might look like, you can email us at timstake at gmail.com. Small victory. Ollie has made it through. This whole time while napping. Yep. Only a few little squeaks and squawks, which I don't think the mics would even have picked up. So this is now a new high, a new high for the week. 
Well, thanks for listening, friends. I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And that's your Tim's Take. <laughs>